Yeah, we uh, kind of uh, unveiled that, talking about it this morning. Uh, excited to hear those uh, rebroadcasts, those BU Classics coming up beginning tomorrow night. Uh, tell us, uh, Stephen, how, how many other schools are involved in this? Are a lot of schools doing the same type thing? Great question. So, um, you know, not to get too far into the weeds as to what we do, but, you know, as a rights holder, we have uh, we have binders and binders of, uh, of audio archives. In fact, one of our one of our summer projects just about every year that I've been with the company going back to 2011 has been taking uh, tapes, mini discs, uh, in some cases, the old reel to reel. Uh, archives of some of these classic basketball and football broadcasts from our schools that go back into the the 70s uh, and beyond in some cases, and trying to digitize those. So, mm. um, you know, just to give you an example, we've got uh, a handful of Big 12 properties, Big 12 schools that are doing the same thing. Uh, we're, we're doing this at Kansas with their 2008 national championship run, and and really just making it available to some of our affiliates, as you know, John. Uh, if you're a sports station, uh, you have no programming, uh, with right. the exception of whatever you can provide locally. So uh, we are trying to fill a void where schools like Baylor uh, had been planning on, on deep NCAA tournament runs, not just with the men's team, but with the women's tournament as well. And, and obviously you can speak to, better than I, uh, the effect that this is having in a place like Waco, where you're not just talking about fans, but you're talking about um, you know, actually hosting uh, some of these women's NCAA tournament games. So, uh, really, we're just trying to do the best we can to to provide content. And in the case of a school like Baylor, where we have, you know, it, you know, some of our younger listeners may not know this, JMO, but back in the day, you had to keep your CDs in a CD binder, right? You didn't have the cloud. You didn't <laughs> right. have, you know, a 64 gigabyte, you know, hard drive that you could take around with you on your phone. So, uh, we're dusting off the old Case Logic binders. And uh, and we're taking some of these classic broadcasts and we're making them available. And that's not just something we're doing regionally. That's something we're doing across the country with all of our partner schools that want to do it and want to participate. Right. Um, but, you know, this is something that we're hoping that we can continue into the summer um, and then beyond. Uh, obviously, we've got football on the horizon, we hope. Uh, but for some of all of our for, for some of our other schools that have uh, really good baseball programs like Vanderbilt, for example, or yeah. Arkansas. Uh, we're, we're doing the same thing just on the baseball side of things, getting people, you know, uh, filled up with content for the next couple of, uh, of months, we hope. Very cool. Well, that's a lot of work for you guys, but uh, I know you really don't mind. I mean, it really gives you a good project to work on this time of year, doesn't it? you got to have it. I mean, look, I would be, you know, on a normal weekday, Mondays, uh, normal workday, I should say, Mondays are, are meetings all day. Uh, it's, it's logistics, you know, JMO, you and I have had these conversations, but you know, the travel and ordering phone lines and all the things that go into you being able to, you know, pot your mic up and, and go out over the air to, uh, to a statewide network of affiliates, all that stuff behind the scenes is, is, is kind of what we do normally. Um, so in lieu of all of that, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great way to kind of revisit some of these uh, treasure troves of content. And, and i got to be honest, I mean, some of the projects that we've done, you know, whether it's dusting off, you know, some, some national championship or final four runs for some of our schools and, and just kind of, you know, nerding out, uh, for lack of a better phrase, on, on some of the audio and some of the, some of the moments. You know, the cool thing with these NCAA tournament games is um, – 
and again, this is this is next level nerd stuff. But you got me on, so I'm gonna talk about it. You know, Westwood One is the is the rights holder for the NCAA tournament. Yeah, yeah. So historically, Learfield IMG does not have the rights to repurpose or rebroadcast NCAA tournament games. We're not allowed to do that. Uh, we run into similar issues when it gets to bowl season and football. Some bowl games don't let you stream. Some bowl games don't let you use that audio outside of the live broadcast when it happened. That's it. That's the only time you can use it. Uh, so the cool thing with, with Westwood One is they allowed us, they granted us a window of time uh, through April 7th where we can take these NCAA tournament games, which have never been re-aired, have never been heard outside of when they broadcast live and actually make those available for fans. So it's a cool concept, and again, it's audio that, because of the rights restrictions in place for postseason games, specifically the NCAA tournament, you know, this is audio that your fans haven't heard. I mean, they haven't heard you going crazy from some of these tournament games uh, because they haven't been allowed to re-air. So uh, it's exciting, it's cool if you're an audio nerd like me. Uh, it's something that you kind of get a chance to, uh, to kind of re-experience. But uh, I wish we weren't doing it under these circumstances because, as you mentioned, I think as a nation right now we're, we're dealing with a lot more uh, critical issues. You're working from home. I'm working from home. We're, we're doing all of this stuff remotely, so it's kind of uncharted territory for us all. Yeah, that's a great point. Very good. Stephen Hartzell, our guest with Learfield IMG College. Talking about it from a guy's point of view that does a lot of production work myself, so I know that editing could be a, a, a bit tedious at times. There's got to be a lot of editing work. I mean, how do you kind of go through all this and decide, okay, this is what we keep, this is what we don't keep, this is how we get this, this great three-hour broadcast condensed down to one hour? Well, it's it's great for for JMO because we we just go out and we we clean out all of his mistakes, right? All of his assets. No, I'm kidding. It, it's literally it's it's a lot of commercials that you're deleting. It's it's a lot of of um, of filler, right? You know, we it's over the course of a three hour college basketball broadcast, and we talk about this every year during the tournament. Um, you know, you've got the five media timeouts in the first half. That's an NCAA tournament thing. You don't get that during the regular season. So. Once you cut out all the commercials, you chop off pregame, you chop out halftime, which, again, in the NCAA tournament is extended. John, I don't remember off the top of my head. Is it 20 minutes or 25 minutes? But you've got that extended halftime for an NCAA tournament game where normally during the regular season it's 15. You don't have coach availability. You don't get to interview players or coaches after the game like you normally do because they have to go back to the podium. So for local radio broadcasts, it's actually pretty interesting. It's, it's a good question, but once you cut out all of the commercials, um, it, it's really not as tedious as you might think uh, because you've got plenty of content that over the course of a three-hour broadcast, there's not a ton of play-by-play. So we do a little bit of editing, mostly from the first half, uh, and then we kind of let the second half kind of run its course uh, as best we can over the uh, over the course of these game in sixties that you'll be hearing. And Stephen, these are uh, big games. You make a good point that uh, you know with Westwood One taking over when you get to the NCAA tournament. I mean, if you didn't listen to the game live on one of our affiliates or here in Waco, you know you didn't hear our broadcast. You might might have watched it, and, and a lot of people obviously will watch it if they can or heard Westwood One's broadcast, but a lot of folks, you know, never really had the opportunity to hear our broadcast, the Baylor broadcast of these games. Yeah, I just, I think it's neat, you know, and again, it's something that, you know, John, like you've got your own archives, right, your own personal stash that that are yours, and I think it's cool when you can let fans, 
kind of behind the curtain here. The, you know, the, the, the real, I don't want to say tragedy, but, but the sad part to all of this, again, just to put it in context, is, you know, we were set up, and I say we, as I'll, I'll put myself in the Baylor family uh, for the purposes of this point, but, you know, Baylor was set up for this run in March, right? You know, you're thinking maybe a two-seed at worst. Who knows what happens in the Big 12 tournament? Um, and then, of course, the women's team, which was going to be, you know, a, a Final Four favorite. And, you, you know, those were archives that we don't have because those games were never aired. They never right. played. Right. Um, so, again, it, it's just, you know, when you kind of juxtapose what we've got and what we're able to give fans and the audience versus what we could have had, um, you know, I, I think that's a conversation maybe for, you know, for down the road. Um, but, you know, you start to read about the student-athletes and, you know, some of the kids who, who were set up for these, you know, these, these postseason runs, right, their senior year and, and, and their last chance at, at, at a run at something special. Um, you know, there's tons of stories like that across the country. So I, I think it's cool that we can go back into the archives and provide just a glimpse of, of what it was like. I'm sure it's a, a, a trip down memory lane for you, J-Mo, because you remember these games better than most. Well, it'll be fun. Yeah, I mean, we were there, and it'll be fun to uh, to kind of re-listen to those, especially when you go back. Like 2019 was just a year ago, but then 17 for the game on uh, on Wednesday night in 2012 in Atlanta for the game on Friday on Thursday, and then the women's national championship game last year on Friday. So that'll be fun, uh, Q, to go back and listen to these games. Yeah, no, it, it really will be. And, and one one thing I, I wanted to, to ask about is if this is really successful, which I do think it's going to be successful, I'm looking forward to listening to it myself, uh, do you think maybe down the line there could be some kind of partnership where schools that go on some kind of historic run, they may want to just kind of re-air that even to their just their local audience and then maybe Westwood One and Learfield kind of come together and say, hey, let's do this again? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I, I think there's certainly going to be an appetite for that. I mean, look, you know, CBS the last couple weekends has just been re-racking historical broadcasts, you know, going back to the, you know, the Duke-Kentucky game and, and the Christian Leitner shot that, that broke, you know, Kentucky's hearts. And, you know, you see reaction shots of, like, fans who are, you know, kids who had never seen the Christian Leitner shot before, right? Like, you know, maybe on a YouTube video, but they'd never seen the full broadcast. So I think there's definitely definitely an appetite for it, Q. That, that's a great point that you make. Um, ultimately, you know, and, and John can speak to this for sure, when an athletics department gets behind something that, that you are doing uh, creatively, um, that certainly gives it a ton, uh, a ton more credence and, and credibility. So I, I think, you know, look, we're all hoping that college sports are going to resume as we know it, you know, this, this summer getting ready for football 2020. I, I think that's at this point, you know, a best case scenario and, and maybe a realistic one. We'll see. But I, I think the discussion really changes if we're in a position in June or July not to take this down a dark turn, but, you know, if, if things don't get better or if, you know, college football, which needs a little while to bake, right? You can't just roll it out there uh, in August or, or September without practice and conditioning and all the other things that kind of go into what makes a college football season. So in the short term, Q, to answer your question, I think we're going to obviously do this with some hoops games. I think we'll likely get into you know re-racking some historic Baylor football broadcasts as well. But I'm hoping by the time we get to late summer, 
uh, that we don't have to do any more of these for a while because we're gearing up for an exciting football season in 2020. Right. That's the hope for all of us, that's for sure. Hey, Stephen, while we've got you, uh, final thought from you. Uh, and, again, we were talking about kind of being audio nerds, and I'm right there with you. But explain to our listeners here, best you can, what it's like on a Saturday in the fall in the uh, studios there in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and then maybe not just the fall, but go to November when you've got football going strong and then basketball broadcast uh, going through your building as well. What is that scene like there in uh, in Winston-Salem at the Learfield IMG College headquarters? Uh, you, you guys ever seen a beehive that uh, maybe you, you throw a rock at it or knock at it with a stick and then all the bees start right. to come out? No, it's it's a little crazy, um, but it's it's organized crazy. Um, you know, for people like us who who love this stuff, who who love being a part of college sports and and being a part of the the alive experience, um, it's it's crazy. I'll, I'll tell you what's really cool is walking around around let's call it 1:30 eastern time right when all the noon right. games reach halftime and you're walking around the studios and you've got 30 guys doing and gals it's not just a male dominated uh, workplace we've got female uh, studio hosts as well but when everybody's doing their halftime updates uh, right around the same time yeah. uh, at 1:30 on a saturday that that's usually pretty interesting but oh, you know look we've got We've got some schools that have 30-minute pregame shows. We've got some schools that have four-hour network pregame shows. So um, it's all different shapes and sizes. It's something that you really got to kind of experience and, and just kind of see it. But, um, you know, walking up and down the halls there is, is really cool. And as much as I do enjoy walking out of there on Saturday nights in the fall, uh, I will very much be looking forward to walking in there in August uh, hoping that we've got some broadcasts uh, to, to to actually do, but yes, November and March usually are busiest times of the year because of the overlap. November with football, basketball, and women's basketball, and then of course in March, uh, games from noon till midnight. You've also got baseball season that's cranked up at many of our partner schools across the country. So uh, definitely an an odd feeling to be at home. Uh, with my kids and my wife uh, for the last two weeks, knowing that this is usually one of our busier times of the year. Uh, But having said that, I I really am hopeful that once we get into uh, the summer, uh, that we can kind of turn the page and get ready for uh, for football 2020 this fall. Yeah, amen to that. Hey, man, let me say uh, again publicly how much we appreciate your help and everybody that is there, you and Drew and, and Ben and everybody and Dave Shook, who's our studio guy. But uh, we really appreciate working with you, and you guys are first class and professional in everything that you do. And it's great to have the opportunity to have you on the air with us this morning, and we'll look forward to uh, hearing your work, the condensed games, uh, starting tomorrow night here in Waco. Oh, thanks, J-Mo. You guys stay safe, wash your hands, uh, and we'll talk to you soon, all right?